This is Stars at Dawn podcast, and I am your host, creator, and author, Kayleen Elizabeth. My first career path had been in, in medicine. I really wanted to pursue something in medicine because I wanted to help individuals, but I found that I could help individuals by helping them heal their heart, by helping them look at some of the challenges and some of those triggers that sometimes are causing flaws in their heart. And I learned a lot of different things on holistic approaches in my three-year stay in Guadalajara through these mentors. Welcome, sisters. Today, in episode five, we are welcoming my dear friend, Anel Sanchez. She is a radiant beam of light who has the gift to call together groups of people into community, into healing, education, and empowerment. Anel shares her story and how since she was a young girl, she has been blessed by the presence of merchants of hope. Her story is inspiring and truthful, raw and relatable. I am so unbelievably honored to be sharing her with all of you today. Without further ado, I present to you, my beautiful friend, Anal Sanchez. Hello, Anil. Good morning. I'm so happy to have you here with me this morning, sharing this sacred space. Good morning, Kaylee. I'm very excited to be a part of this. When I was preparing for our call two nights ago, I I was just bringing myself back to when we first met and my first impression of you. And even right now, as I'm speaking, I just have this huge smile on my face, like my little cheeks are balled up. And I just... When I think about it, I get all welled up with emotion, but I also just smile because you are just one of the most beautiful people I've met inside and out. And it's just been such an honor to be able to call you a friend and to stay connected over the last several years. So taking back, I think it was the spring of 2008 and I was recently pregnant with my youngest son and I was teaching a holistic parent workshop with a girlfriend at the charter school, which your daughters attend. And I remember the principal at the time told me that a parent was going to be coming in and she was going to help translate for the the Spanish speaking parents so that they could also participate. And I just remember seeing you for the first time. And I don't know if you've ever walked down the street. I think most people have, and they spot a penny, but not just a penny, a shiny penny. Like it looks like it's brand new, fresh off the press. And it kind of takes you aback because it's in such stark contrast to the plain concrete sidewalk. It's just this diamond in a rough almost. And that is how I saw you that day. You are just so radiant. Your eyes glow. You have this beautiful smile, these deep dimples that really melt away any fear or uncertainty. And it was just I, I, the words just escape me, but what does come to me is this, there's this verse from the Bible and it's from Matthew six, uh, verse 23. And it's reads, the eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? And it just reminded me of you because you illuminate this light. And so your eyes must be what you see and how you perceive the world must be in light and peace and happiness and optimism, because what you radiate is what you see. And 
and that light is just so contagious. It's like this gravitational force field. And I, I kind of feel like that's one of your superpowers. Maybe you already know that, but I'm just so grateful and privileged to be able to call you a dear friend. And I just find such joy and inspiration in our continued friendship. And I'm just really, truly honored to have you as one of my first guests on this podcast series. If you don't mind, would you give our listeners, our sisters listening, a little bit of insight into how you came to where you are today? Yes, I'll start by um, saying that through my whole life as a child, as far as I can remember back, I had what you would call merchants of hope, mentors, mentors that in some way or another helped me through different transitions in my life. I remember in elementary school having this teacher assistant who would have these deep conversations with me and tell me how mature I was being in second grade and how she would invite me to go over to her house and my parents would allow me to go and we would exchange these conversations that at my age were probably very beyond my time. What I want to say at this point is that my my childhood was a tough childhood. Um, I have a mother that battled with depression, uh, a father who a stepfather who had um, served in the Vietnam War, had post-stress traumatic disorder, and it was very, very challenging. It was challenging, and especially since my mother, that was my mother's second husband, and um, I do believe that they tried to do the very best that they could, but they didn't have a lot of tools to deal with the emotional issues that they were going through. However, um, I really believe that God also um, blessed me with these merchants of hope all around me, starting from elementary and into my junior high years and into my high school years. And there were many, many things that um, could have pushed me to falling maybe into drugs or alcoholism or maybe even developing some emotional or mental disorders. And it wasn't that way. I always felt like I was guided by God, that God was taking care of me. But I did have a lot of merchants of hope that instilled in me faith, hope, and that saw something so special in me that I couldn't understand what they were talking about until I learned how to tap into my own strengths as the years went by. And I can recall a high school teacher whose name I cannot recall right now. But at that time, um, we had moved to the Imperial Valley and um, uh, we had been placed in, in the care of our grandparents and uncles during time where my parents were going through a divorce. And one day, uh, the same teacher that I had for history came up to me and told me that I was a very, very special person and that um, God would continue to take care of me. And he handed over to me a little glass crystal with a mustard seed in there. And he shared with me that um, if I could learn to have as much faith in that size of that mustard seed, that I would be able to see many things develop for me and that things would change for me. During that same year, I had another mentor, a merchant of hope, which um, saw such potential in me and that uh, she incorporated me into trainings and workshops that were going on for students at our high school and it was a new program and it was making peer tutors out of that program teaching students 
how to tap into their strengths. And they had to mix a combination of students that had environments where they were thriving and students that maybe weren't thriving based on what was happening in their home environment. So I was able to participate in that. And at that time, I learned that there were so many students that, just like me, had homes that were broken, dysfunctional families, and, um, and there were other students that had a lot of support. And so that's where my path of mentoring others started. And then I came across a psychology teacher at the same high school that took us and made us peer tutors for other students whether it be for ninth graders or 10th graders. At this time, I was a junior. So in those high school years that I was in the Imperial Valley, it really helped me develop a sense of, uh, started to develop a sense of who I was, a little bit of what, what my purpose was. But I wasn't completely there. It was through my college years where I was really, really struggling. I knew that education was key to help myself break a lot of the barriers but I really didn't have any role models in our family that had attended college or university or that understood the importance of, of what it took to be a student. Again, I was introduced to many teachers that became mentors, but the turning point didn't really happen until I had the opportunity to be in Guadalajara and Mexico. And I was working for the American School of Guadalajara. And it's so interesting because having these Merchants of Hope, these mentors, I was able to take different uh, things from them, like their enthusiasm, their energy, their motivation, buoyancy. When they would talk to me about some of the challenges that they had in their life and how they were able to lift themselves up and how I was able to see how many of these instructors or teachers or simply these mentors were able to build communities in their classrooms or in their families. It really, really inspired me. But what I found in Guadalajara were teachers from all around the world that were working at this American school. And the school was from preschool and all the way to high school. And I was I, I was exposed to so much diversity because being in Guadalajara, one would think that I was just working with um, students that were just Spanish speakers. And no, I was working with Korean students and I was working with families that had taught in Africa or that worked in Africa for a long period of time and were now in Guadalajara. And there was just so much diversity. I learned so much about culture and that, being that, you know, I'm a Hispanic and that um, I have lived and raised in a country where we experience so much diversity, but I experienced in this school so much diversity and the energy of teaching and the motivation that when I came back, I pursued changing my career to, to education because my first um, career path had been to become uh, in, in medicine. I really wanted to pursue something in medicine because I wanted to help individuals. But I found that I could help individuals by helping them heal their heart, by helping them look at some of the 
challenges and some of those triggers that sometimes are causing flaws in their heart. And I learned a lot of different things on holistic approaches in my three-year stay in Guadalajara through these mentors. And it was very interesting because I had a lot of these mentors at this school from the administrators to the program director that would spend a lot of time in deep conversations with me. And as I would always thank them and say, thank you, I really, really appreciate this time that you spend with me and all this feedback that you give me, they would always turn back and say, no, thank you. You've been such a great teacher to me. And I couldn't understand that concept. But again, I was still on this path of learning who I was to become and what my purpose was. So I strongly believe that these were individuals that God put in my path to help me work towards that person that I was supposed to develop and who I was supposed to become. And, uh, and it's been a, a progress to say, but as looking back, it just brings this joy, this excitement and this feeling of like, wow, you know, sometimes we look back and we don't realize or as we're going through the process of things that all along we're being trained to become who we're supposed to become for our purpose to manifest. And sometimes we take those little things that maybe haven't worked in our lives so perfectly as we wished and it overtakes those blessings that we were exposed to. And so when I returned back to the United States, right away I started taking courses and education. And my thought was that I would become an elementary school teacher. And I came through across this counselor that said, you know, it's great that you want to become a elementary school teacher, but what if you started to take child development courses as well, which will be a requirement for you to get your multiple subjects degree, but you could start to work in something related to your field, even if you become a preschool teacher. And I took her advice, and I only met with her a couple of times, but it did impact my life in a way that she'll never know, because once I started to take child development courses, I was required to take two. I ended up taking my whole uh, lower uh, undergraduate degree in child development courses all along the path. And I learned so much about myself in those courses, which is, was another way that helped me develop the person that I am today. And in those courses, I found that many people feel that child development is just working with children. And now, child development programs uh, have been given a name, a different name like family studies, because there's so much learning that happens about the dynamics of family, juridical systems, approaches. And one of the things that I learned is that we all have this child in us, right, that we're still healing. And sometimes we don't understand that even though negative things have happened to us, we can turn that around. And in my case, I was able to see how I had all these merchants of hope around me at a very young age that were instilling positive feedback to me, instilling me with knowledge and conversations about their own lives, about their own perspectives, about their own struggles, 
that helped me to see how we can heal our hearts. And all of us have flaws in the hearts that have been triggered by experiences. And they're not bad flaws. They're just little triggers that sometimes challenge us or create a struggle for us not to be able to grow, to become that person that we're supposed to be made to with a purpose or more um, best version of ourselves. And so with that being said, I started teaching for a literacy program and uh, I came across many parents who had wanted to make a difference for their children, especially fathers. And I was able to pass on what I had learned with child development. And I found that when I was teaching, it didn't feel like work. There was just conversations that were happening. And I had a hard time sometimes (laughs) reminding myself that I was the instructor because I was learning. I was constantly learning from these students. And I was constantly learning from these parents, especially fathers, that wanted to make an impact with their children. And maybe English was their now second language, and the United States was their second home. And they had came to the United States as immigrants, and they wanted to help their children be good students at school, have higher education at some point, and they wanted to be exposed to anything that would make them better parents. And one of the things that we would talk about is that as a parent, you're constantly, you're constantly learning. There's no right way to, to parent as we don't have a book for every child that we have and that it's okay to make mistakes. And it's from those mistakes that we mature and that we learn to become a parent and we never stop being parents. And that was such a great experience. And those were also merchants of hopes, having conversations with these parents. And I was just able to take from their energy, their motivation, their their buoyancy. And we were building a community. And so they seen parents would build a community within themselves to call each other and to support each other. And as I walked away from that workplace, I thought, wow, this is so incredible. I didn't know that if this could be created with me working in a different establishment and I was exposed to adult education and in adult education, we're serving adults from 18 plus up. So um, we can serve students that are 80 and 90 years old and that have a will to come and continue being lifelong learners, but again, I was invited to come and create from the ground up the same literacy program. And when they said, do you want to take an establishment that's already been set? Or do you want one where you can start from the very beginning, recruit parents and start from scratch? Um, Being that I love the challenges, I took Montgomery Adult School, which I had to create my program from scratch. And so I did that. And again, I came with across with a lot of parents too. And at this time we were offering childcare. So I had the beauty of working with children in the ages of three to five years old and also adults. And again, these communities were established and where parents were coming together, not knowing each other, but they had one thing in common. 
that they had children. And so they build communities based on their stories, based on connecting during weekdays and weekends and uh, enrolling children in soccer classes. And these children that are now 16 and 18 years old continue to be friends in this community and the parents too. One of the things that I saw that was re- not recreated, but that teach the prior establishment where, had, where I had taught in this establishment had was the enthusiasm and energy and the motivation that came out of this. And it was just such a fulfilling feeling and it would just energize me that we had activities going on and field trips. And again, these merchants of hope of my administrators and other teachers on campus that would see this and would support me. So there was times where I would say, you know, I really feel that if parents and children had more of a sensory experience and if we had a garden for these parents to work with their kids, it would really just um, make them grow more, show them how to garden at home, show them how to harvest and use the skills to implement for their children. Their children are going to be able to implement this with their future kids. And so these teachers would come together and the administrators and they would allow me to have the space and they would have outside organizations, nonprofit organizations that would donate money to us. And anything, anything that I would request the teachers or the outside community would give to us. And I remember at one point, there was an instructor named Michael Lewis, African-American adult basic education teacher. And as he was retiring, I said, I am so thankful that I am grateful that I had the experience to work with you. And I really appreciate all the resources that you've given to me. And I'm going to miss you so much because I've learned so much from you. And he turned around and he said, I want you to remember that you are a leader and you have a very special gift. Besides connecting with people and building community, I want you to know that people will follow you. And all you have to do is guide them and set up the stage and just know that you have that gift. And God has chosen you to follow through with this. Don't forget this. And at the After that, he mentioned that he was so thankful to have been exposed to me and that he had felt that he was the student and I was the teacher and I was his mentor. And it just blew me away because this was an individual that I highly looked at and I was constantly looking for feedback and observing one of the things that I had as a child and that I continue to have was this ability to observe, to observe people around me, to take and observe those positive things that they had and apply it in some way or another to my life. Those experiences led me to think of a program that I could develop that didn't exist in our adult education. I was able to develop child development courses and um, it was a work in process but parents would be receiving or students out in our community credit for taking a course at an adult school that would be also articulated through our nearby college. And so we implemented this program and 
it ran successfully for 10 years. And with that experience, I saw that a lot of people would be taking child development and that they would do so much learning from them because they were learning frameworks that would trigger something in them to say, wow, this is what happened to me. And this is why I react in such a manner, or this is what got in the way of me being able to fulfill this dream that I still continue to try to reach. And if I look at this, I can see things from a different perspective and know that I I have a, I can find a purpose that I can find, I can reach my goal. And initially I started working with just females. And then I was exposed to the veteran population that started taking these courses. And that just changed my whole perspective of human development. There, it had not been exposed to a course where there were so many males in child development. And at first, I wasn't sure how it was going to work out. But these were veterans that had been deployed for many years in the Navy, leaving their families behind. And they brought something so special to the class. They brought this experience of like what it was like to be away from their families and what it was like to come home and see that wife and the children had grown so much while they were away and how challenging it was for them to connect with their families and how much time they had lost from their children's life and acknowledging that their wives had done such an important role being a mother and that many times how that acknowledgement had not been transmitted to them. But they did something very, very, um, uh, how can I put this in words? There's just no words to put this. Um, They did something that I had never seen. I had never seen men open up their hearts in the most raw, pure way. And this was through assignments that we did where students talked about their experiences as a child, as a teenager, and as adult. And there's something very interesting when, as women, we connect and we talked about our struggles. And it just seems so easy. And many times we hear about culturally how men are not taught or not allowed to cry because it could be a sign of weakness or how it can be um, show lack of strength. And over and over, I saw semester after semester as we did this assignment, how this community of students learn so much from themselves for being able to talk about and converse deeply about their lives. And as each male went up to the front of the class and talked about the struggles that maybe they face with poverty or domestic violence at home or immigration into the United States and all those factors that also impacted them as parents and how they were able to see that a lot of these things that they were exposed to them had nothing to do with them, that it was okay to forgive themselves 
and to become better fathers and husbands for their wives and families, it, it would just bring tears to my, to my eyes. But to be a male and to be exposed to child development course and to share so much was just an amazing process. And for these females to get a very different perspective from males, it was just so heartwarming, so uh, powerful that it brings chills to me. And till this day, I hear from these students and how they continue to congregate in parties and uh, with their families and how um, they made relationships there that have continued to flourish and through through these programs. And so with that, I continued with a master's degree in therapy for families, the children, and marriages. And that was very, very powerful because I was able to incorporate a lot of those techniques and practices into child development. And so with that said, I think I share this as a creative piece because I really feel that um, through education, I've been able to become creative in teaching. Teaching has never felt for me as a, as a job. It has felt like playtime for me. And the interaction that occurs between students and, and myself as a teacher is just so amazingly that it's given me a whole different approach to education. Um, many times students are railed away from education because there's a lack of enthusiasm and there's a lack of being able to tap into students' energy and being able to look at those triggers that sometimes students don't know how to navigate. And if we're able to give them tools as buoyancy, as building a community within their classroom, as tapping into all their strengths that they possess, we can unfold these students to feel very empowered to know that there's so much in them. And perhaps they take a course that is not where their path is going to lead in terms of, say, maybe a history or a math class. They're not going to become history or math teachers. But if that instructor, beco instructor becomes a merchant of hope to them, then they're walking away with a tool. Yes, math is very important. Yes, history is very important. But if we're able to instill in students in any academic area something that they could walk away besides the academic, perhaps it's faith, perhaps it's energy, motivation, uh, tools for buoyancy, then we're giving them tools to be able to continue on to their path. And so I feel that through, it, uh, through teaching, I've been able to create, create environments where at first I become the instructor, but then I become a facilitator. And it's the students who just, with their enthusiasm, their energy, and their motivation that they'll learn to, to navigate and with their different strengths, set up the whole stage 
And I just kind of go back and watch them unfold, learning in the process and finding pathways to become a better version of themselves and finding the divine in themselves that they'll be able to transmit uh, to their families, to their communities, to their children, to their grandchildren. And it's such a warm feeling to know that it just can become so intergenerational and that it becomes a, a positive heirloom that can be passed from generation to generation, empowering others to, to become a merchant of hope, a mentor to others. Oh, Anil, you are incredible. I have tears swelling in my eyes or welling up in my eyes right now. As I sat and I listened to your story, I was taken through so many different emotions. I felt like I was with you when you were in second grade going to your teacher's house. I felt like I could feel your enthusiasm to learn, your willingness to absorb as much wisdom and positivity from people, merchants of hope as you possibly could. I, I could feel that as you were sitting with these merchants of hope throughout your life, it's not to say that they were these perfect positive people or role models, but it was your magnetism to their heart, to the trueness of who they were beyond um, the facade or anything else in which drew you to them. And in return, you gave them such a gift because you were able to see past, past the masks and past the pains or hurts or traumas or mistakes they've made just to who they were genuinely. And you took them for their God-given purpose in life. And that in itself is such a gift. And I can really relate to you, and I think that's maybe why we've connected so well, is when you're talking about how you sit and you observe people, and you would observe them, and all of the positive and all of their wisdom you would just take in, and I just see you almost like as this sponge absorbing it. And I feel the same way if we were to scale it down to a very rudimentary level. I think back when my son was young, and even to this day when I take my youngest son, to the playground and, and I sit and I observe and I observe how mothers interact with their children or grandmothers or child caregivers and I absorb and take any type of action that I like, how they interacted positively or how they, you know, constructively handled a tantrum or X, Y, and Z and I would and absorb it and I would apply it to myself. And throughout your story, you talk a lot about how these child development classes weren't just about going in and sitting down and learning about children, but about how these adults can learn about themselves to process through what they've been through and in return create this tenacity to want to go and to continue and pursue their calling in life. And what it's also doing is that these people who you're teaching, you I heard you say there's 80 and 90 year olds. So their grandmothers, their mothers, their aunts and uncles, or their younger people who maybe will have a family in the future or will, will be aunts or uncles in the future. And what it's doing is it's creating this framework for them to be a positive influence within their families and within their communities, because you can see light radiate and light attracts light. And as I go 
and, you know, listen to my audibles. So, so my books on tape and I go to workshops and I'm around you and I absorb these different types of learning. A lot of it is about how to raise children, how to be a holistic parent or a holistic mother or how to do X, Y, and Z for your child. But what I've always found is that I'm learning about myself and how to to fix those triggers or address those triggers or release those triggers or those traumas so I can be a better parent to my child because it's not about changing the child. It's about changing yourself and how you see your child. And on that note, I know a lot of the women who are listening, you know, may be thinking, okay, cool. So how can I get into your child development class? Or yes, maybe they're feeling empowered right now. What are steps that women can take now to dive deeper into themselves? What types of resources would you recommend? What I would recommend is we all need to be surrounded by individuals that can really instill in us that merchant of hope of feeling. Many times we don't realize that they're all around us. And how can this happen? Well, first of all, I think that it's very important to have a community that you can reach out to. Many times as women, we forget, we get so involved in our daily lives or in our work that we need a community of women around us to give us support that we can call upon, that we can even vent. And if we have one or two individuals that we can lean on and maybe for answers, maybe for guidance, maybe for just to hear us out without saying anything, replying anything back. It is so crucial to have individuals that can instill enthusiasm, energy, motivation into us because we all have those moments where we feel that our, maybe our stability is shaken a little bit, where we feel that um, maybe things are not going the way that we want them, or at times we feel that we're failing. And, you know, as I was speaking, perhaps you'll hear a lot of like positivism and like joy and everything that I say. However, I, there, have, there are moments where things are not going the way that I would like it to be, or there's flaws in my heart that I continue to struggle and I have to continue to work with. So if we have a community in women, and it can be different communities, maybe it can be women that just hear us, women that are lifelong learners that are always learning about a sub a subject about a theme something of interest where we can exchange ideas and also a community of women maybe that have very strong faith and that can help us again when maybe our faith and hope stumbles a little bit and they can lift us up and whatever community of women you find yourself in, use them as your leverage, as your resource to help you so that you can again be that woman that you're supposed to be with that calling, with that purpose. Um, many times we can be on that path and with the challenges that come about or triggers or that sometimes arise in our heart with the flaws, it can stray us around from our path. And so having these different community of women can help us guide us back into our path. Another thing that I would like to say is that journaling can be a very, very powerful process, taking a topic and we'll discover that a lot of those feelings that we have or emotions is part of being able to heal, 
that inner child that we still have in ourselves. And if it's not um, worked with, it could continue to trigger those flaws in our heart. So if we're able to journal, it might sound like a lot of nonsense at the beginning, but we'll start to see too that there's progress along the way and we're able to connect and say, wow, I didn't realize that this is the way that I feel. And as we start to dig a little deeper, um, we can many times link it that it goes back into our childhood. So if we, we were able to look at some of those areas and then take it to one of our merchants of hope and discuss it and talk about it, we'll find that many times the same struggles that we're experiencing, God will put us in the path of someone that has either overcome that struggle, that has had that challenge with that struggle, or that can give us some valuable feedback. So I want to include that these merchants of hope, besides being mentors, can be seen as angels. Angels that are working with us. It can be for a brief moment, maybe for a one-time experience or exposure or long-time merchants of hope. And so seek around, look around. Who are those powerful women around you that instill joy and energy and a feeling of empowerment? Chances are that many times we overlook that. Ideally, if you have exposure to child development courses, that would be great. If not, it doesn't take child development to, to, to connect, to build a community of powerful individuals that can instill you and take you down the path of self-discovery, of uh, learning to pursue that person that you're meant to be. That strong female. I agree uh, 100%. And I love that you came full circle of the merchants of hope can be seen as angels because when you're talking about your merchants of hope, and I'm, I'm sure many of the sisters who are listening are feeling the same way because in my head, I'm like, oh my goodness, I feel like these are angels that God has sent to guide Anil. And I also love that you touched on that it can be brief. It can be for a moment, a one-time experience, or an exposure. And I feel that way strongly. I've, I've never had in my vocabulary or vernacular merchants of hope, but I think of that in the sense of friendship, how sometimes friends come for a moment, for a season, or for a lifetime. And for us to be able to open up our hearts and receive that and not attach ourselves to anyone, I believe is really, really powerful because when we open up our hearts, we leave room for miracles, for these merchants of hope, for these friends that we want, because I am 100% sure that there's a woman listening or, or a handful or hundreds who are thinking to themselves right now, well, I don't have anyone in my life like that. I only wish that I could take a nail out of the microphone and bring her next to me and she can be my merchant of hope. But my challenge would be for you is to open up your heart and be open to receiving that miracle, to receiving that 
merchant of hope, that person that God wants to put in your life. And we have, by opening up our heart, we open up our eyes, just like going back to that verse, uh, that Bible verse I shared in the very beginning about our eyes are the lamps of our body. So when we are open to seeing miracles and to seeing um, and receiving miracles, then they're going to be in our life day in and day out. We just have to be open to receiving it. Has that been your experience with yourself or with others around you? Yes, yes, it has. And um, with that, I wanted to add that the importance of when we have our merchants of hope, we, we may not even know that we've impacted someone in such a meaningful way by just a discussion, by just reaching out to someone. But with that, there's also the importance of a prayer. Prayer can help us also look at things with a different perspective embracing our situations, our blessings around us, as we start to look at our merchants of hope, perhaps it might not even be sometimes the person that was the most positive force at our time, but there was something, something that we were able to look at, perhaps a behavior, perhaps a, a conversation that maybe we didn't really feel like it was the most positive experiences but it triggers us to look at things in a different perspective. So even that person can become a mentor to us, assisting us and look at things in a different perspective. And it can be seen as a blessing as well too, right? Um, we have to have these experiences that make us fall, that make us mature, that are not always so positive for us in order to grow and mature. Without some of those experiences, how could we mature? That's so true. And when I look back on my life and I reflect back, there are so many experiences that brought me uh, to this place I am right here in the present moment, sitting in front of this microphone with my son's uh, Spider-Man headphones on, <laughs> talking to you. And a lot of those experiences are very painful and traumatic, and it's a work in progress, um, still overcoming them. but so much more of my life has been filled with light and love uh, and inspiration. And especially in the last half decade of my life, it's been filled with this overabundance of God and spirituality and incredible, incredible women, all of whom now I have the language for it are my merchants of hope. And I really believe that's that's what this podcast is. The the stars of dawn are those merchants of hope. These these women that I've God's been putting in my life to share their stories and to have this platform through time and space to be able to connect with so many women and to provide them with you, um, whereas they would never get to know you on a one on one basis. And that's that's the beautiful part about technology. Um, and about this 21st century. Yes, and um, another thing with your Merchants of Hope that I just wanna um, end with is that when we connect with Merchants of Hope, whether it's in a classroom setting, whether it's with a friend, whether it's a community of people, one of the biggest thing is that when one is able to expose their heart in its most raw and pure element and talk about those challenges, Talk about those areas in our lives that maybe haven't been so good and positive. Um, and when we're able to let that, those fears out and, and, and that pain, that's where the healing process starts. 
And when we're able to tell our story, and maybe the story that is not such the positive story, but what it took for us to get to a certain point, that's when we know that our hearts are healing. And again, if we have those merchants of hope that are placed there as angels by God, we'll be able to, within time, recognize them and see how we become slowly who we're supposed to become by letting our hearts heal. I would love for you to end our session together with a prayer for those women that are listening right now who are in search of their merchants of hope and and are quite honestly feeling a little bit hopeless right now. And But this podcast and listening to you has resurrected their faith and their heart and they're ready to surge forward. Yes. Dear Lord, I ask you that you enlighten each and every woman's heart that's listening to this podcast, that you instill their heart with love, that you help them embrace the individual that they're supposed to be, that you guide them through a path full of love, full of joy, to touch others as merchants of hope, that you allow that energy in them to unflow, to touch people's life, and may their lives also be touched by the merchants of hope that you already have in place, or that you will put in place into their lives so that they can pass on the beauty of their divine being into others so that they may transmit light, so that they may transmit so much love, hope, and faith into others' lives. I thank you for the opportunity of allowing others to share a little bit of myself with them this morning. And may you continue to bless me with that gift and to transmit with others to others your love and your compassion your mercy and may i embrace everything that is around me at this moment amen amen thank you so much anil it's been such an honor to have you and sharing this time and space with you, especially uh, kid-free. I feel like it's been so long since I've been able to connect with you heart to heart, even though it's virtually. I'm I'm just so honored and I feel privileged to have this time with you. Thank you, Kayleen. It's been an honor. Well, sisters, I'm sure I'm speaking for all of us when I say thank you, Anel. Thank you for your time, thank you for your heart, thank you for your wisdom and sharing your story with us today. You are a merchant of hope to us, and those words and their meaning and intention will forever be ingrained in our hearts and our minds. And I cannot express my gratitude of having you all here with me today, joining me for yet another episode of Stars at Dawn podcast. If this episode or any of our previous episodes resonated with you today, please let us know by subscribing and writing a review. It only takes a minute and we would love to hear from you. All additional information from this episode can be found in the show notes below. Until next time, may you shine your light on the world around you. Love you, sis.